Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. Tangent Alert! For Sunday, the 3rd of July, 2011, this is Casually Hardcore. I am Gnomewise. I'm Iolite. I'm Gwenora. And that's all you're getting. Yep. Because I believe... That should be enough. Oh, it used to be. We used that to be enough be for en- all you people. That better be enough. Ooh. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Gwenora. <laughs> no. I believe... <laughs> <laughs> no, he says. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> we lose listeners in droves. Not on uh, air. No. Uh, no. I believe I vented my spleen prior to us getting on here. <laughs> vented my spleen. There's a phrase I don't think I've ever heard before. Oh, yeah. I've heard that, and it's just not since high school. Vented my spleen. Yes, live spleen venting on the air every Sunday. Only on Versus the World Radio. <laughs> so, yeah, I believe Daxa and Grail are either on their way back from Chicago or have just recently arrived and are probably recovering from Chicago. Probably. So a large number of tweets uh, picturing large amounts of regional food from that area. Yes. So they'll be rolling themselves to the door at any moment. Oh, help us. We should never. They were there for like two weeks, I believe. The squawking you're hearing in the background this is, should not surprise uh, you. is arch nemesis. I should uh, have been more ready um, let's see. Yeah. There it is. There. Oh, yes. Yeah, you should have been prepared. All right. Yeah, I well, I think I probably... Of course, she was silent of all course. the way yeah. up to the beginning of the show. Yep, yeah. That's then we fine. started talking, which made the... Now, uh, she's, now she's waving now her she's, hand. She's got her yes. hand up. Yes, uh-huh. I want to talk. Yes, yeah, she's giving me. long distance high fives. Where's my to, microphone? To Hello, mm-hmm. I'd like my time on the air. Thank you very much. And hitting yourself on the highest I'm side of the head. I'm ready for my close-up now. She's high-fiving her own head. What do you mean? Leave her alone. That kid ain't right. Hey! (laughs) You opened that door. Yeah, he did. Or you did. And he walked through it. (sighs) All right. Let's get the programmatic announcements out of the way. If you are joining us live, and you should be, please join us in Internet Relay Chat by coming to vtwproductions.com and clicking on the chat button at the top of the page. Once you are in there, you will find our producer, the one and only Barry Von Awesome. Yes, Barry VA. If you wish to bring something to our attention during the show via IRC, please send a personal message to Barry VA, and he will bring it to our attention. Please do not pee on the toasts. Pee on the toasts? Wow, I'm doing well. Yes, wow. yes I should probably go get like, a large beer or something at this point. Please do not PM the hosts directly during the show because you will be summarily ignored. If you want to email the show, or if you're a podcast listener and you want to email the show, it is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch, as in casually hardcore, at vtwproductions.com. And we're back. We are. Yep. Summer hiatus concluded. Uh, I tried to bring you guys a little content just to keep the... uh, 
the RSS feed fresh. Keep the home fires the, burning. Yeah, I got chewed out a little bit of on on Twitter for it. It's like, hey, there's no, something that's not casually hardcore in my casually hardcore feed. It's like, wow, excuse the hell out of me for trying to give you something to listen to while we were on our hiatus. No good deed goes unpunished, especially on the internet. My reaction would have been your casually hardcore RSS feed? Of course. Our casually hardcore <laughs> RSS feed. Considering that, oh, I don't know, we're the ones who do the show. Honey, are you coming to bed? No. Why not? Because someone is wrong on the internet. Yes. <laughs> You'll never be in bed again. You think? Yes. <laughs> Whatever. As, as, John, as John Scalzi said at Phoenix Comic Con, because someone is showing their ass on the internet. <laughs> At some point, you will do this, too. You will show your ass on the internet. I love me some skulls. Yes, which was his uh, euphemism for making a complete idiot out of yourself. You think? Yes. Whatever. Open mouth, insert hips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insert, oh, remove head at neck. That's for the, uh, no, remove head at waist. Yes, remove head at waist. And then open mouth, insert foot to ankle. Yes. yes. Or to shin. No, or hips. <laughs> to hip, yes. So... But I'm not bitter. No, not at all. Not, not you. He's looking for a drop. I am looking for I an appropriate tell. drop. In I, I, he has that look about him. You think? <laughs> it's been oh. a number of weeks here. Yes, it has. I need my fix. Are you yes, smoking crack? I get. I actually get to take oh. another summer hiatus. What is the nature of your summer hiatus? It's in August. It's for the uh, <clears throat> military. The military? Mm-hmm. Where you're doing your annual... Uh, mm-hmm. Beat about the head and neck with a, a blunt instrument, mm-hmm. and is at least is it in country or are they sending you somewhere exotic to meet new people and slay them? Uh, I suppose you could say it's sending me somewhere exotic, but it's only for the two weeks, and I've been there before. Okay, so it, you don't want to know where I'm going. I not particularly, just uh, because you'll be insanely jealous. Give my regard to the island, huh? Give my regard to the island. Mm-hmm. That was not hard to guess at all. No. Our 50th state, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally stoked about it. Are you <laughs> I didn't actually intend to play that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fitting nonetheless. No, there's got to be a better one for, for that. <laughs> just, yeah, not so much yes, this one. Yes, I get to You're spend lying. two weeks on a... What was that? No, I'm not. And I've got the orders to prove it. Uh, I could do this one. I could do this one sarcastically. <laughs> oh, you gotta feel sorry for that guy. Yeah, that would work. I'm totally good with that. Or you know, if your orders get changed, I'm going to slay. Well, they've already been changed like four times. So at this point, I'm like, screw it. This is the military. Yes, it has. Wait five minutes. Somebody will change their mind somewhere. I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Particularly when officers are involved. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my, pres- my prejudices are showing. I'll put that away now. I hate it when that happens. Way to go, a <laughs> God forbid. It's okay. My commander, no- my commander knows I talk like that anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little jaded at this point. Really? <laughs> well, considering... I don't think I've talked to you guys about this. Considering that the beginning of August is 17 years. Wow. You're closing in on the magic. Three more to retirement. Three more to retirement. I got one year left on my uh, re-enlistment, and then I figure I'll re-enlist for four. Yes. I am a god. With a pension. With a pension. A very small pension, but a pension nonetheless. Hey, that's, that's still money it's that arrives like, in the mailbox with no more service required. I know. It's not a uh, 
not an active duty pension, but a pension nonetheless. And uh, more importantly, it's cheap health care for the rest of my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. You do, in fact, have a plan. Uh, yes, I do. may not look like it every once in a while, <laughs> but I do indeed I wasn't going to say, there, but... Or as I like to say, there is a method to my madness. Or at least madness mixed in with the method. Yes, exactly. Um, arch nemesis, p- please stop, stop, stop taking over the microphone stand. Yeah, actually, let's let's whip out the Wayback Machine here. Yeah. For people who l- have listened to this show from the beginning. Now, when we set forth on this little journey... Those people haven't gone deaf and blind yet? <laughs> Probably. Imagine, if you will, despite, despite there were people who listened at the beginning who are still listening Despite now. our best efforts. It could happen. It, <laughs> shut your mouth. It could happen. <laughs> It might be real. We can't prove it, but it might be real. <laughs> so, hypothetically speaking, we've kind of circled back around to the bad old days. When we went on the air, we kind of had the caveat of we're going to have this occasional fourth host. Yes, because it was the three of us. Yes. And Nemesis. Yes, it was. And we had no real containment scheme. And we are back to those days. We're we're before those days because Nemesis was older than this. This is true. When we began. Nemesis was three, I think, when we began. Two or three. We started this in 2007? We were in this house. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. Um, God. We started this in 2007. Holy crap. Mm Mm-hmm. That ain't right. So anyway. uh, Yeah, the unscheduled interruptions will continue for the foreseeable future. Uh, and, until, until babysitting is arranged. And those of, you, those of you who have not been with us since the beginning will just have to get used to it. And learn. And understand <laughs> that this, this too shall pass. Yes, it shall. And now we will summarily yes. ignore the child. Uh, yes, and, Boba Fetish says he's one of the people that's been here since, like, show 15. Not bad. That's not close. Bad. That's like yeah. November quite, time frame. Yep, yep, that's pretty close. You, and and if you really, please, for the love of God, don't go and listen to those early episodes because... Damn. <laughs> I know I haven't. I, oh, no. I don't, I, oh! I don't think I could take the hit to my, <laughs> myself as team. Nor am I going to. Oh, my goodness. No. We've, we've learned a bit. A touch. We've improved the equipment slightly. Just a little. A bit. Yep. Uh, you know, the downside of the better microphones is you get every syllable coming out of the child at the moment. But, hey, we're ignoring that, right? Uh, that's all right. Oh, yes. That's what gives us show its charm. Is that what that is? So I thought it was. I thought it was this penis. Oh, look at that! <laughs> you thought that did it? Was that our salute to to Doxa and Grail who yeah. are on yes. their way back from Actually, Chicago? I, I have to give the you know the shout out to Daxa in the form penis. Oh, look at that! Well, now you got to do one for Grail and Grail. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Now, with that in mind. <laughs> Take a moment and go to vtwproductions.com. Yeah, I saw the new logo. It's sharp. Go to the Casually Hardcore section, and you will see the new art created for us by Majif, or Mahif. He still has not clarified how we're supposed to pronounce his name. Probably not going to. Being mysterious. And in the background of the logo is the phrase... Yeah, the banner across the top. So it's kind of in the white. So it's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. I thought that was funny. I, I, I... Rather like the new logo, and we've got it. I wanted. I had put forth a thread in the art forum where the volunteer artists hang out, and said I, I kind of want to unify our art because we had one theme for our album cover, a different theme for our header in the in the website, and a, yet another theme for the show badges for the archive and for when um, we're live on the air. 
We left the gate upstairs and the closet door open. Excuse me. Yeah. Remembering those can days. Can I light run faster those, than a baby can crawl? Those, uh, that's more of a challenge than you might think. Well, yeah, well that's why I said that. So please uh, lavish Majif with praise and thanks for prettying up our webpage and giving us show badges and album cover that all match and make it look like we actually have a plan and a clue, which is no small feat when you consider that it involves us. And the child has been saved from killing herself one more time. And along with that, if you go to the Casually Hardcore page, you'll see I've rearranged and tidied things up a bit. And the right-hand column is now the Shameless Commerce Division of Casually Hardcore. I've just got to put all the stuff that we would love for you to participate in that will garner us some kind of a kickback. So if you are planning on buying something from Amazon, either in the U.S. or the U.K., there's little search windows there where you can begin your search there. And if you begin your search for your item there and ultimately purchase, we get a kickback from that. And you need to do – you don't pay any extra. All you need to do is begin your Amazon search through our portal. And that will allow us to buy the occasional equipment upgrade or pay for things like, you know, the Minecraft server. Mm-hmm. There's also the subscription pages there where you can send us automatically some PayPal bucks every month if you like. Uh, and thank you to all of you who are already subscribers. We greatly appreciate that. You also will see the Casually Hardcore store decked out in the shiny new album art graphic. And I've created a uh, new line of shirts based on the new graphic. Uh, nice. Which if you want to uh, show your versus the world colors, you may now do it in yet a new and impressive way. And thank you again to uh, Spotty for doing such a good job maintaining the store on a week-to-week basis. See what I did there? I just, I just turned your volume the hell off. Uh, okay. It's a happy thing. So please visit the Shameless Commerce Division of the Casually Hardcore page. <laughs> Sorry, a little distracted there. Turn the uh, turn Io um, over to uh, to Gwenora for a minute here. She's at the dance party okay. because um, that's not going to work. <laughs> so I'll be back. Bye. <laughs> and then Casual Hardcore continues live on Verse of the World Radio. Give me a second. We'll edit it in post. <laughs> we'll fix it in post, ladies and gentlemen. And Gwenora is making the migration. And once again, moving chairs. is cross-dressing, because that's what Gwen does. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. That's something like that. Okay, now I need to mess with your wife's microphone. Hey, 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 that is my wife you're talking about. No, I'm, t- I'm talking about her microphone. Oh, that. That's your wife. What's that a euphemism for exactly? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> do not touch it sounded the equipment. Good. It sounded good. So It seemed like a good idea. Yeah, it seemed like a good idea at the time, like half the things I do in life. At the time. Nobody seems to get that. Why did you do that? Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Why you know? Anyway. And that just doesn't fly with people. I don't get it. So take out, check out the store and grab yourself some uh, Versus the World swag. That one's more just for the fun of it. We do not mark that stuff up particularly because it's spendy enough as it is. But if you want to uh, show your Greek geek cred at the uh, convention or gathering of your choice, we ain't going to stop you because it's a happy thing. Later this month, hoping, yes? I have to kill Sean Caster now. 
You have to kill Sean Caster now. Yes. Again? Again. Why? Well, I resurrected him last time. <clears throat> I should say zombified him. Apparently, I didn't take enough intelligence out the last time. Okay. Your wife. On the, I- on the iPad 2. Yes. Has the forums up. Okay. Specifically our research topic, thread. research thread. Right. So I'm looking at the old ones because the... Um, Titles are usually very entertaining to read. Yes, that's part of the, of the forums. Point. Yeah, so I read the one for May 15, 2011, where it says, Sean Caster got here first and won the game of edition. So I now have to announce that I have lost the game. In oh, which case, I hate you. In which case, I have to kill Sean Caster. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and resurrect him with less intelligence so he doesn't do that again. Because I'm quite sure he's out there in the inner tube somewhere laughing his butt off right now. I just lost the game. Yes. Yes, we've all lost the game. I just need to make up a t-shirt. I believe uh, just just the game. I won the game. I mean, there was one of the hacks where in the past I forget. And who, just walk down the street and see how many people read the shirt and go. Ugh. I forget who perpetrated the hack, but they they had hacked like a Time Magazine, um, online voting. You know, rank these people for whatever the you know man of the year or something. And they had such a thorough control over the voting system where they actually lined up the first letter of each winner to spell a long sentence. And I forget what the actual sentence was, but that at the very end, they also appended also the game. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, I hate you, you people. <laughs> I hate you people. Which, I mean, it was completely of awesome. Of course, it's always funny when Dark Helmet does it to me. So, Yeah, I actually got to talk to Dark uh, last night or yesterday during the day. Mm-hmm. And have to say, uh, congratulations on getting engaged. Oh, he did actually. It has been done. Okay, I hadn't heard that yet. He was talking about the date. Yep. So I shout out. I, I hope I can make it. Shout out to Dark Helmet, uh, Alliance, and Terrafly, and Terrafly, Ice Crown US on your upcoming. I believe it is uh, September. No, no, no. Novemberish, Novemberish nuptials. The, the date I heard was eleven, eleven, eleven. That's right. They're doing the eleven, eleven, yes, eleven thing. That was the date I heard. You're correct. I had forgotten that bit because it's eleven, eleven, eleven. Mm-hmm. And every geek on the planet is well, not even geeks. Everybody on the planet is going to try and get, I guess, get married on eleven, eleven, eleven. So because um, they can, yeah, I guess if you have the option, you should. Mm-hmm. Or you could resist it and just pick a date that's like not in the middle. Something of like that. <sighs> so I need to find a way to get to Tennessee in November. Yeah, I have a sure. wedding in September in Michigan. For oh, even better of, for one of my cousins. So I, it's, I, it's. You've already had your discretionary funds consumed by yes, family. Yes, it's not looking good right now. <laughs> as much as I would like to go. In any event, massive grats. But to I'll work it and company. see what happens. <laughs> We'll figure that out offline. All right. So later this month, hoping to bring you guys Wootstock from San Diego on the 21st. So it's Thursday, the 21st mm-hmm. of July. We have approval from the people putting on Wootstock to come and at the very least record the entire performance and release it as a download. Maybe stream live. But the possible hitch that we're still waiting to hear back on is the fact that California's 
theater workers are unionized and they may be able to throw a wrench in the works saying if there's a recording to be done, it will be done by the appropriate number of union members expending the appropriate number of union hours and you may not bring your own equipment here because we are a union house and you are not a union member. Mm. So we are waiting to hear whether that's going to mess this up. Wow, that really kind of didn't stop us when we did it. it well, that was kind of different. Where? At BlizzCon two years ago. Correct. That was not. This, yeah. this is this is in a, an actual theater. Oh, oh, is this the thing with Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton, Adam Savage, Adam Savage that's and right. Paul and Storm yes. created it. And actually, they, all three of them will be present for this performance. And then they're slowly releasing the uh, list of other attendees over time here. And it's getting juicier and juicier because it's, mm-hmm. it's the one. You know, it's happening during San Diego Comic-Con. Ah. In means, San Diego. Which means it'll be taken over by Hollywood as soon as they can get their dirty fingers all over nah, it. I don't foresee them taking over this piece because they already own the convention center. Right. Just last year they decided we'll try and do one in San Diego during Comic-Con well because the tribe is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And it worked out very, very well apparently. So they're doing it again this year. And I approached them and said, hi. I noticed you guys all do creative commons. Is Woodstock included? Oh, hell yeah. Come on over. Oh, but let me check on this thing, because being an experienced performer, right. Paul knows that uh, this could go off the rails, so let me perhaps save you the trouble. So I'm, I, he told me to wait until July and then to knock him over the head Re-engage. and say, <clears throat> a reminder. Um, also on the burner, hopefully for later this month, is this is still a maybe, but I've gotten a couple of very positive responses from Mr. Jim Butcher's press agent. Oh, as they're beginning to ramp up their promotion for the next book in the um, Harry Dresden Dresden Files series. That would be cool. And try and secure an interview with Mr. Butcher. I'm really hoping that one comes together just because from reading everything of the prolific things that he posts on the internet, he is so clearly one of us. Oh, yeah. That... It would probably be the easiest interview I've ever given in my life because Pro- basically probably. we already have plenty to talk about without even talking about your own works. Oh, that reminds me. You and I have to talk about something because I have to smack you upside the head for it. One of your interviews that you did. Oh, really? Now I have a webcomic that I check every day because of you, bastard. Girls with sunshine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Although Danielle hasn't posted in, I think, three days now and I'm kind She's of going, come on. Like she is doing the convention circuit. Right yeah, now. I know she is, which is, I'm kind of. I am so, I am still depressed. I mean. I haven't listened to the interview, but she seems like a very engaging person. She was wonderful. I'm still pissed off that the microphone cable decided to die during that interview. Now, Ironheart did a heroic job salvaging the interview, so it's at least listenable. Mm-hmm. It's hardly our finest work, but at least we were able to get it out there. And we have a follow-up, more thorough interview scheduled for when she returns from the convention circuit and is not as dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had done a sketch for me. Yeah, I'm kind of upset that I missed her. I didn't even know about it until... Well, you didn't know about... What her, Girls with yeah, Thinkshots was, was, about, was about until you didn't afterwards. Know why I was so excited exactly. that, I was that interview. Yeah, exactly. I didn't really get it until Daniel un- who? until afterwards, and then I was I was like, "Damn, I wish I'd seen her there." So we'll just have to play the geeky fanboys and and uh, do the whole. Please go back to Phoenix. Oh, she, oh my God. she intends to. Um, but if I if I do put together this other interview, I'm assuming from your reaction here that you wouldn't mind being involved with that. 
No, that would be kind of cool. But she she had done a sketch for even me if I just sit and listen in of everybody's favorite um, uh, closet S and M librarian. Um, oh, Clarice! Yes, Clarice. Clarice. And it was with the pile of stuff on top of the vehicle with the iPad. Oh, really? Yeah, because I had placed the iPad, a manila folder containing the sketch, my signed photo with Mr. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. And the 4G Verizon hotspot that I would borrowed from a client. And then drove off with all of it. And then drove off with all of it. Oh. So I recovered from the center of the road the manila folder. Mm Mm-hmm. The thankfully encased in plastic and and the signed Will Wheaton photo signed Will Wheaton photo Will Wheaton photo um, and the hotspot and the battery from the hotspot the battery was completely destroyed the battery got run over somehow the hotspot survived so twenty bucks for a battery and I was able to return that right unscathed and the plastic wrap saved the Will Wheaton photo the sketch was nowhere to be found. And that that blows my mind because it was actually a heavier cardstock right. than the photo itself. Uh-huh. It must have just you know caught gotten caught in a breeze or gone down a storm drain or something or but whatever. I still I'm, I'm and I drive by that section of road to this day. I'm still looking around for something white peeking yeah. out of the bushes. And there's not a chance in hell I'm going to find that. But I still mourn its passing. So if you don't already li- uh, read Girls with Slingshots, go to girlswithslingshots.com and start reading it now because and I actually get the joke behind the name too. Yes. You have to read it. I'm not going to spoil it, but I read it all through the archives. I stayed up till like 1 o'clock in the morning one day reading it. I was kind of like, no, boys, I hate you. But I get, the, I, get, I get the joke behind it, which is why I was glad I read all the way through it. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny girls with slingshots. I like that. So. She's got, she is one of those uh, webcomic artists who takes the job seriously and posts on time reliably. And we'll keep you informed as to why she's not posting and warn you when it's going to happen. Yeah, she's very good about Twitter, too, I've noticed. Oh, yeah. No, she's, I haven't put her on my Twitter feed, but Twitter fanatics. I, ha- I haven't added her to my follow on Twitter yet because I just don't use Twitter. But she puts on her on the website whatever she's Twittering at the moment. And it's actually kind of fun to read every day when I go on there to check for content. So. Yeah. And you can also go to the Alpha Geek section of the website and listen to the interview because mm-hmm. it was awfully fun. And again, mm-hmm. shout out to Ironheart for saving that one from complete mm-hmm. and utter unlistenability and making it merely Chaos. annoying to listen to. Dogs and cats living together. And hysteria. All right. We are coming up on our first break on the triumphant return of Casually Hardcore 2 versus the World Radio BTWProductions.com. Ah, summer podcasting. I remember well from my youth. Yep. We have a wonderful new episode of Northern News from Amelia over Bay Day, who you may have recently heard guest hosting on Show X. Yes, it was much fun. They even had their own special Show X only episode of Northern News. I nice. felt very, very betrayed. But then a new one arrived in my mailbox today, so I feel Yay. better. This is episode 58 of Northern News. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. I mentioned earlier the whole, we've been doing this since 2007. Seven, which is, yeah. And she joined us not that far into the whole run. So, yeah, 58 episodes of Northrend News so far. Wow. And they just keep getting better. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, you are listening 
to Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio. Check us out on the web. Hit the Shows tab. Check out all the fine shows on the VTW Network. You will be glad that you did. Here comes this week's episode of Northrend News. We'll be back right after this. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs from more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. Welcome to Northrend News, airing exclusively on Casually Hardcore on vtwproductions.com. As summer sweeps over Azeroth, the druids and shamans of the Horde and Alliance are out in force to celebrate the first ever Growblast Horticultural Fair. Featuring the latest and greatest in hybrids, heirlooms, and blossoms collected from exotic reaches as far as Northrend, Hyjal, Stranglethorn Vale, and Desolus, the fair offers over 300 floral design exhibits, covering everything from the ornamental to the offensive, the cultivar to the carnivore. Faction leaders Bane Bloodhoof and Toronto Whisperwind were in attendance at the opening night preview party yesterday, where they led a brief ceremony invoking the great elemental powers of Azeroth. And Dragon Queen Alexstrasza Lifebinder also made an appearance and is said to have been charmed by the outpouring of support by her fans among both professional and amateur farmers and gardeners. The event has been made more interesting by the arrival of a delegation of gnomish and goblin runner-up engineers from the newly completed Wrenchmaster Challenge. Having failed to take first prize in Gadgetzan, the engineers have pooled their resources to create a new mechanically-driven greenhouse environment. While their project has so far only proved useful for punishing uppity tree ants, the engineers are hopeful that their talents can be put to use elsewhere as the fair continues. We've got great plans for some of our new light bright dynamite, says goblin shaman and engineer Lisa Goldrench. We've got tons of it lying around for a malast assault against the Naga in Vajia, and we figure with farming and pyrotechnics, what could possibly go wrong? I mean, they called it Growblast for a reason. But perhaps the most promising entry into the Best Blossoms contest is a new variety of orchid, which only grows near the tainted waters of Fellwood. Dubbed the Jade Petal, the druids of the Cenarian Circle say it is a sure sign that their efforts to reclaim the forest from the terrors of fell pollution and demonic corruption are finally paying off. It's so exciting to see a project really take root, says Cenarian horticulturist Mordrin Moonblossom. We plan to make the fair a regular part of Azerothian society and a strong sign that the terrors of environmental devastation from the Burning Legion, the Scourge, and Deathwing himself can be combated. While the Scourge has yet to issue a response to this obvious throwing of the gauntlet, representatives from both the Burning Legion and the Twilight's Hammer have issued statements that they will not take such a challenge lying down. 
Already, outlying fields near Stormwind, Winterspring, and Darkshore have been scorched, and Deathwing has promised more mayhem if this festival of growth and rejuvenation is allowed to continue. You shrimp have the audacity to challenge me? Feel my burn! But despite his threats, Mr. Deathwing's efforts to stop the Growblast have thus far come to naught. While their horticultural skills may be lacking, the engineers of Nomergan and the Steamweedle Cartel have proven their effectiveness once again by dismantling their runner-up entries in the Wrenchmaster Vehicle Derby and creating new portable defense towers and a prototype anti-dragon assault cannon, which they're calling the Thorny Drake Blaster Green Gun, in honor of the festivities. It's the perfect fusion of Earth and technology, says Miss Goldwrench. I hope we get invited back here every year. The Growblast Horticultural Fair runs until the end of the month, and participating is just a green thumb away. And remember, if your travels take you anywhere near the fair centers of Thunderbluff or Darnassus, be sure to stop by the Cenarian Circle booths for free samples of Ungoro Crater Dino Fertilizer and a half-price coupon for Morrowgrain seeds. For today's top stories from all corners of Azeroth, this is Northrend News. Hi, this is Will Wheaton from Radio Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Coming in from the interwebs, this one via io9.com. Hundreds of hours of Star Trek hit Netflix Instant, just in time for the long weekend. From This is by Brian Barrett, and he begins, Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. So you know how Netflix said they were bringing every Star Trek everything to watch instantly? They finally delivered. Just in time for you to celebrate your independence trying to track down that one episode of The Next Generation where Tasha Yar wasn't actually incredibly annoying. Looks like most, but not all, of the Star Trek canon got blasted onto streaming today. You'll find two seasons of the original series and full accounts of Next Generation, Voyager, and Enterprise, the latter of which I'm still not entirely sure actually happened. Deep Space Nine will be out in October, so of course the one that I'm most interested in refreshing is the one that got delayed till October. (sighs) But I'm not bitter. No, not you. Uh, There's a footnote here. The X-Men cartoon that was incredible for a few seasons and then Cable showed up and things got real, real weird (laughs) is on there as well. I remember the early seasons of the X-Men cartoon were actually pretty damn good and actually fairly true to the uh, X-Men universe. So I'll take me some of that. So as is usual, uh, we're big old fans of Netflix Instant View here because they just keep putting the great stuff on it. If you uh, are a new subscriber to Netflix Instant View, please, if you're going to subscribe, subscribe through the link on our front page, because, again, we get a kickback for that. And it's like in the realm of 9 or $10 a month or so, it's 10 or less, at least in the U.S., to get the minimum package from them that allows you to stream an unlimited amount within whatever limits your ISP may put on you. Evil, 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 evil. Uh, and the library is actually to the point now where... I'm leaning on that more than uh, regular broadcast TV now. I've officially shifted my viewing away from TiVo and onto Netflix more than anything else. Really? Just blazed through the few existing uh, episodes of Stephen Moffat's Sherlock revival on Mm -hmm. BBC. 
really freaking good. Um, weird, um, in a Moffat kind of a way, but really good. And they've done all of three episodes so far, but these are almost two-hour uh, made-for-TV movie. It's not your your regular series. And really grabbed them. And, of course, they ended on a cliffhanger, and we haven't seen a new episode since 2010 because this is the BBC who publishes things precisely whenever the hell they feel like it. <sighs> Again, not bitter. No. But, again, it's something I never really would have uh, encountered... Uh, if not for Netflix Instant View, and all of in all of its glory, and now apparently there's an awful lot of Star Trek on there, so I'm pretty much doomed at this point, because I'll always be able to find something to watch there. Come back from the void, Gwen. Sorry, I was reading something. And what were you reading? Share with the rest of the class. I was reading that uh, one of the members of Lulzsec. Yes. Got arrested. Are they sure they're actually a member of Lulz Second? Well, not that's, what they, that's what they're saying, because this is the same group that broke into the everything Arizona Department of Public Safety's database because we're protesting SB 1070. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, why don't you break into the lawmakers instead of DPS? Because DPS... Because DPS yeah. had crappier security, apparently. Right. Apparently. And they're more interested... So in I was just looking at that real quick. Just because I saw it was Lulz Security. Yeah. Well, in Lulz Sec, I, mean, I, I will be dubious of any... One claiming to have captured anyone from Lulsec because they were probably so desperate to have someone to hold up and say, "Look, we caught one." Right. Well, and that's what the, that's what Lulsec was saying was that, "Oh yeah, it was from the group Pure Elite," and and the individual that was only used as a recruiting tool in the secure chat rooms for Lulsec mm-hmm. are still secure. Okay, whatever. Who and in a shadow war of of that style, who can actually say what the truth is? Exactly. It's been sure has been interesting to watch the goings on there with Lulzsec coming into being, hacking everything in sight, and then disbanding. Yeah, pretty much. But they're just kind of proving, look how easy this was. All we right. had to do was kind of put our minds to it, and you corporate types should probably take your information security because a little more seriously. Because we're not doing seriously. this because we're a-holes. We're doing this for the good of humanity. We, we would like to prove a point and wake you up. Right. Um, and I, I don't know why they bother because nobody ever does. That's just me being cynical. They just, they just keep inventing a better criminal. Right. And part of the problem with the internet is being the great equalizer that it is, you only need one really smart guy on your payroll to do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. Why do we have spam and why is it such a problem? Because you only need an internet connection, a reasonably fast computer, and one guy that knows how to write a script. Right. And lots of criminal organizations have that. Yes. And because of that, we have botnets everywhere and a new exploit discovered every other day Mm -hmm. because you don't need an army of smart people. You just need a couple and a couple that are willing to share that information with other people. So hacking toolkits are created so that morons who have no actual understanding about how things work can then just apply the tool and the script kitty was born. Yep. Again, not bitter. No, not at all. You got to find a drop in for that now. I mean, here's an obvious what, one. What? You not being bitter? No, not bitter. Just, just the. Well, we'll work on it. But for now, I'll just settle on this one. No! Because script kitties make my. I'm not going to say. 
<laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a tangent we don't need to go on. Not really. That would that would that would entertain nobody. But I digress. Okay, so from the research thread that has been sitting there compiling while we were on hiatus, uh, let's see. This was the one named by Fangs and named "It Came from Old Iron Forge Two: The Invasion of the Oozes" edition. So, are we going to go ahead and do this, or are we going to talk about other things first? What do you like to talk about? As you, I don't know because it's not like manually your manly sultry voice. Because it's not like I've been playing Warcraft lately. Well, I could tell you that it's. Um, I mean, I've downloaded. The the, I've downloaded the new patch, four point two Firelands. Yes, Steam. I've downloaded four point two, but I haven't played really continuously at all since. Oh, I don't know. Probably getting before, a girlfriend before Christmas. So, yeah, getting a girlfriend to do that to you. It, it absolutely did. And there's a bit of a correlation between these two events, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And that's yes. all I'm going to say about that. Yes. So, <laughs> well, I'd actually stopped. Slightly before, yeah, just you, got you, tired of it because I power level. I power leveled the Worgen and that got would, him up to seventy and went. <gasps> I'm done. That'll take it out of you. Yeah, and and especially when things slowed down a lot after sixty, it was like, oh my god, this sucks. No, I was in the same same boat. I was I was trying on the Mega Guild idea for size mm-hmm. because our new our ongoing association with Frogpan Studio, they've got. The Mega Guild over on Earth and Ring mm-hmm. from the Instance and the various other Warcraft shows. They've had this. Actually, it's many guilds now because it's just it's too big to be contained mm-hmm. in the the number of limited people you could have in a guild. And I thought I would give that a spin, so I whipped up because I can do a Death Knight. Having gotten one character to max level on one server, they allow you to create a Death Knight, so I whipped up a Death Knight. Horde side over on Earth and Ring, and naively thought I would be able to face leveling him through. So I did a goblin because I said, "Hey, might as well see the goblin racials and right. you know, try on some of the new stuff." And got him up to the level. You had to get them to fifty-eight to be allowed to apply. Mm-hmm. Filled out the application, got invited in, and. Within a day or so, I was filling out the application to transfer my DK from Iron from uh, Ice Oh, Crown. really? Yeah, just because I couldn't face Outland again. Yeah, I couldn't face Northrend again. I've got. I'm right at the beginning of Northrend again. So I moved my DK over, made him a goblin. You know, DK during the transition, and Deathwise is now 84 mm. on Earth and Ring. There you go. And I feel completely justified and completely at peace with throwing that money at Blizzard because... Yeah, you who never wants to throw any money at Blizzard other than your monthly subscription rates. It was a painful, (laughs) painful admission that, okay, maybe this service is worth That's pretty funny that you actually admit that. I'm sorry. I find that amusing. (laughs) I had the choice. Oh, I know you did. I could have leveled the original... Goblin all the way to eighty five from yep. sixty, basically. Yeah, because my uh, and whole, I just did not want to do that. my whole grand experiment with creating the guild and all of that other stuff, and yeah, that pretty much fell on its face because everybody's left the guild, but pretty much me. Cause Mostly because I've ne- I'm never none on. of us were ever on. None of us were ever on, so it, everybody kind of went to the four winds. Which okay. So I was I, a little disappointed about it, but it was my own fault, so I got nobody to blame but myself. <laughs> kind of sort of be there. And, yeah. 
after all the smack that I was talking, and yeah. So oh, well. I'm, I'm waiting to see you know, when I, I got to get my guild rep up over time on the new server mm-hmm. and then enjoy the fruits of the level 25 guild because, of course, they have long since been level 25 because oh, there's yeah. 1,100 million people in even this one segment guild. Yeah. But doing the the DK again was reminding me just, just what a face roll it is. I mean, it's like, wow, I forgot just how yeah, easy Yeah, I kind of have to learn how to play Gwen all over again, and it's to the point where... I'll log on and I'll look at the fact that I have to reload all, all of my add-ons and everything else, and I yep. have to completely reconfigure everything all over again. In terms of, and it's just like I just don't feel like doing this. That's the main block that I have. Yeah, right the inertia now, the starting you need, plane. The inertia you need to overcome. Yeah, the inertia that I need to overcome. And well, Firelands just when the, opened when, up. When the girlfriend is kind of demanding attention, it's a little difficult to do that sometimes. It's so. that's just an additional increase to the inertia. Yes, because. Girlfriend more fun than Rogue. Yes, pretty much. Unless you can get her to cosplay as the Rogue. No, she, no, 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 no. She doesn't want anything to do with it. She's not interested. Uh-huh. And cosplay's kind of creepy anyways, in my opinion. Not when you so. do it right. Okay. I'm pretty sure I don't want to go any further on that vein. <laughs> yeah. No, not interested in cosplay. I'm oh, sorry. I was miles away. Yes, yes, you were. <sighs> and far, far below. A little bit. The <laughs> so yeah, 4.2 dropped this week, and so your new quest hub, a la uh, Isle of Keldenos, remember that? Not really. When they did the Sunwell Plateau. Oh, yeah, okay, got it. So you phase your way through uh, fighting your way into Firelands. Oh, so they're doing phase quests again. Yes, very much okay. so. So there's a quest chain that'll take you to Mount Hygel, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a nice, they have some nice little cinematics. Spoiler alert, if you haven't played through this bit yet, yeah, there's no massive spoilers, but some people like to be warned when there might be a possible story item that they haven't seen yet. You get to show up for all the surviving non-evil dragon aspects, mm-hmm. and... Thrall in full world shaman mode, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend, oh, okay. Um, and they're here to basically supercharge the world tree and fix Azeroth all in one big mm. thump. And of course, the bad guys show up and rain on the parade. Of course, they wouldn't be bad guys. You get to you know, have the surprise to nobody uh, reveal of the uh, former arch druid now turned in turned fire druid or flame druid, mm-hmm. um, and there's a whole gaggle of flame druids now uh, who are bound to Deathwing and Ragnaros. Interesting. Yes, who come disrupt the ceremony and steal thrall. Oh, that could be bad. And they're they're throwing enough power around where they basically just kind of incapacitate the dragon aspects, which is no small undertaking. Right. And wander off with thralls, saying, <laughs> twirling the mustache the whole way. Gotcha. And I haven't actually done, I didn't follow the quest, because the quest goes two different directions at one point. You either go begin the progression of opening the quest hub and getting the marks of the world tree, which are your new currency for this new quest hub for opening mm-hmm. and buying gear and all that fun stuff. And then there's another fork that takes you out to chase down Thrall 
Uh, oh, several okay. several quests you go through to free him from the various elemental bindings he's in, and results in a very shiny, a very high level epic cloak. Um, at the very end, I just have not had the time to go actually do that. <laughs> Electra at the dance party saying, "Yeah, safe thrall, so he can mate with the ugly girl and have ugly babies to come and hunt us down." They're orcs. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I, mean, I thought that was one of the better story twists they've done by basically having Hellscream take over. Mm-hmm. And Hellscream is all hellbent for leather. War, 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 Of war. course. It's Garrosh Hellscream. <laughs> and Thrall, Duh. Thrall's off, you know, peace, love, and cheese whiz doing the hippie thing. Mm-hmm. But also saving the freaking planet. Of course. Um, so Thrall's in full, you know, Almost druidic, the whole head-to-toe cloak leathers kind of a thing. Right. And being love with the elements and saving the world from Deathwing's shattering. And more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Yes, mm-hmm. he is Obi-Wan Thralnobi. Nice. Yeah. And he's got a girlfriend now. And I, I, that makes two of us. Hey, yeah, but yours doesn't have tusks. This is true. That I'm aware of. She does. We're finished. I think you would have noticed by now. I think I would have to. I hope you would have noticed yes, by now. Yes, I definitely would have noticed by now. Because she's got definite orc tusk. Oh, does she? On. Oh, God. That's yes. not sexy. Yeah, that's not sexy. Well, look at Thrall. I mean, Thrall's got... He could he could, he could do with some braces. It's just a little orthodontia. That's... Gotcha. He's basically British. <laughs> Took you a second. I don't know. I've seen some pretty bad choppers on this side of the town. Oh, Just side of the pond, yeah. too. What do they say about the uh, toothbrush being invented in the South? Because if it were invented anywhere else, it would be called a toothbrush? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I never heard that before. That's pretty fun. <laughs> you are alive this far into the 21st century. Actually, a certain, person that that it's a certain person that's of common acquaintance to the two of us comes we, to mind rather rapidly when you mention the whole bad teeth thing. <laughs> I'm not going to mention this person's name on the air. I'm just not going to do it. Or handle, for that matter. Think back to BlizzCon. I'll explain it on the yeah, break. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. I, I tend to, I, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it was something specifically that she said to me that I'm definitely not going to repeat because it was kind of not nice, which was really funny coming out of your mouth. This is me not touching that. Yeah, this was, yeah, it was, yeah. You not being a nice person, but you had every right to at that point. Some things cannot be ignored. Yes, I know. And Just some things cannot be forgotten either. So What has been seen cannot, cannot be, be unseen. unseen. <laughs> Peopleofwalmart.com. Yes, all indeed. Well, that's tantamount to in, like referring someone to 4chan. So uh, just don't go there. Don't, yeah. don't go there because of me. <laughs> yeah. Or, it's, uh, or us for that matter. Yeah, this is indeed what we find. All right, we're coming up on our next break, and I've got some tunes queued up for you guys from the one and only Xorb. This one's called Early Morning Cold and Awake. A little soothing music for you, and I'm going to get a frosty beverage because that's how I roll. Woot. Woot, indeed. Hopefully Wootstock, and then more Woot. We are Casually Hardcore on Versus the World Radio, and we'll be back right after this.
Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW.
am Gnomewise. I am Gonora. I am Iolite. I am Daxa. I am Grail. And I am versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. I am versus you. And I'm versus you. Casually Hardcore. Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT. Only on VTWProductions.com. Yes, the aforementioned show in that very advert break is live on Versus the World Radio. This is Casually Hardcore. Right now with Gnomewise and Gwenora. Mm-hmm. Just the men folk, the way it should be. Yes. I'll just drop my voice 17 octaves. The way it started. Take my voice away and marinate it in shape. <laughs> I'll require 17 fifths of gin <laughs> and a continuous loop tape of Louie Louie. But I digress. What? Apparently we're not the only one who the drinking, whom the drinking line is on for. The drinking light is occasionally blinding. We had because uh, Electra's having another Cosmo. Oh my! Mm-hmm. I've gone over the break and gotten my very first of the day, which will be a fine vintage uh, Newcastle Ground Ale. And I'm drinking a Cherry Crush because I have to drive. I'm home. Yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, Nuki. Mm-hmm. Although I had a Sammy uh, Noble Pills last night. Yeah. I have one left. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to drink it. Because it's a seasonal and they don't make it. it, it I can't. It, I think they're done making it. So For I, this year anyway. I have to decide when I'm going to drink it. Of course, I need to go to BevMo and get some more beer because I'm almost out. BevMo, baby. Yep. <coughs> we, should, we need also, on a bit of a tangent. We need to brew. We need to brew. Um, are we are we ready to do the mead thing yet? I think it might be time. I don't, I don't know. I, I would say let's wait until it cools off. Uh, this is Arizona. That could be a long wait. This is true. <sighs> yeah, the whole pool. You know, sure, we could try it. I mean, I'm. It's one thing. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that off yeah, the air. You said you said it down. There for are some a good seven eight months. There are was. some financial considerations that <laughs> I need to consider first. What you want to go out and buy fifty pounds of honey? Yes, that would be the <laughs> primary one right there. I don't think we could get away with running a donation drive. I don't think we could either, because then we'd actually have to, like, sell bottles of it. I don't think the feds would, and ATFE would really get into that. Interstate commerce law. Yeah, they would have a little bit of a problem with that. You think? Whatever was your first clue. (laughs) I don't know, the whole tax stamp thing. Yeah. And forget what the number of gallons per year we're allowed to brew and still be called home brewers for, for our own consumption, of course. But anyway. Of course. So, in the land of TV-ness, I was talking to you earlier about something that I tried to let slip by, because I saw the, the heavily promoted uh, TNT sci-fi series, Falling Skies, mm-hmm. and just you know looked at the old schedule and looked at the life and said, well, they're really, uh, prim- you know, massively is not room in this life for... Uh, yet another television addiction. So I'll just pretend this one's not happening. Um, and then that's that's right. Denial is the quickest path to enlightenment. Damn skippy it is. <laughs> but anyway, I fell victim to it last night, and that would be an appropriate phrase. Yeah, when you're approaching it, when you are dragged kicking and screaming into being interested in a show. That no, God, no, I guess that says something about the storytelling. Yeah. 
Because um, really, you look around the television dial these days, and where is the hard sci-fi? I mean, off the top of your head, can you name any current series in production hard sci-fi? Not really. This is the <laughs> one. Yeah. Well, this let's see. Is, V's not currently in production. V is gone. And Stargate, in its various incarnations, is gone. gone sadly, uh, dearly departed Stargate Universe, which was the lat the show before this one. Mm-hmm. That at, at least I, w- I showed up for the premiere, but I showed up for the premiere cynically, saying, "I am here to watch the train wreck that is going to be the massive suck." That is this show. And instead, it's like, oh, it was jaw-droppingly awesome. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it will get canceled. And surprisingly, it got two seasons before it got canceled. But it did, in fact, get the uh, the axe. Because it was well-written, good character-based storytelling based in a hard science fiction show. Hmm, maybe I shouldn't be getting interested in Falling Skies then. Because it fits that exact description. Ooh. Noah Wiley looks very rugged. Noah Wiley... Who, when I heard that he was the main lead that was going to be carrying this, I was like, huh? Really? Okay. Well, I'll give it a go. And there's a sequence in, in the premiere two-hour yay extravaganza where basically he gets to go toe-to-toe uh, with one of the skitters, mm-hmm. which are the aliens, backing up the truck and... Massive spoiler. It's now there, there are three episodes in at this point, so I don't feel too bad about talking about things that have happened in the premiere episode. But if you have not been watching this, uh, we'll probably be dropping some reveals here, though you won't won't be a big reveal because there are only three episodes into the show. The whole premise of the series is the alien invasion and occupation has already happened. They drop you into the story. When I watched the, the premiere, I thought I had missed an entire episode because they just drop you into the action when it's well and truly already underway. Um, and you're already seeing the downtrodden humanity fleeing and hiding from the skitters, which are the six-legged uh, lizard-like aliens who are occupying Earth at this time. And... Their mechs, which are the bipedal robotic uh, sentries that they run into quite a lot. And the basic premise of the series is aliens have come. They have done the textbook decimation of humanity, which means nine-tenths of the world is dead. And the humans are struggling to survive and try to form some kind of a resistance. The aliens' motivations are unclear. They're obviously horribly technologically advanced because, well, interstellar travel and robotic minions and they're interested in killing the adult humans and putting the teenage or younger children into harness. Basically, large device that straps down their spine that seems to turn them into slave labor. And then they have them doing menial tasks like gathering scrap metal. And the human resistance are like... So you travel across the cosmos, invade, decimate our planet, enslave our children, and you're gathering scrap metal. What exactly is your motivation here? Yeah. So they're doing a good job of setting up the how things really would appear from the invaded person's perspective of 
we can't even begin to guess what these guys are up to because they're well, they're not human. Well, they're aliens. They don't think like us, and we don't know what they're here to achieve. <clears throat> Uh, but we have learned that they're reasonably squishy, and we can take them out if we can just get close enough. Mm-hmm. So it's the typical, once we get past their technology, um, we have a chance. So there's, and there's a sequence in there where Noah Wiley's character does go hand-to-hand, basically, with one of the skitters and manages to survive the encounter and take a prisoner, which is a moment of, hey... I've established myself as a badass. Mm-hmm. I'm not just that wimpy guy from that old ER show. And really well done special effects. Uh, this is a Steven Spielberg uh, joint here. He's executive producing. So oh, it kind of has nice. his fingerprints on it. Uh, so we'll see where they go with this. Hopefully, they're not doing things like what our friends on Battlestar Galactica and Lost did, which is to start with a great premise and really have no freaking idea where they're taking it. Because, oh, wow, we got renewed? Well, we better make something up then. I hope they started this with a well-written show Bible that I would, says, I would where the hell we're going with I would this. like to think that because Steven Spielberg is involved that they've done exactly that. I would hope. It, seemed, it has that feeling about it. But again, in its early days, Battlestar Galactica had the feeling about it that they're okay there's a story here because they opened every episode with you know the Cylons evolved when they revolted and they have a plan turns out the characters had more of a plan than the writers did yeah when you look back on it Um, and I'm hoping this one doesn't turn out that way but against my will it has grabbed me and I can wholeheartedly recommend to anyone listening if you were wondering about whether this is any good so far looks really good that's good. A little campy in a few places. They have the, the caricature characters. Of, you know, they have the almost retired general who's had to come back and is heading up the resistance. Noah Wiley's character is military historian. Uh, what? what you like? I'm in trouble. What? I just got a text message from my girlfriend. Saying, uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, are I, you? I do not demand attention, exclamation point. <laughs> I forgot she was listening. <laughs> Let's see. I believe I have the appropriate. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is how you fail on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to feel sorry for that guy. Oh, I'm so going to pay for this later. You think? <laughs> I just have to look over at my phone and click on it. It had her name and text you... and then two in parentheses and. I look over at it and go, what the, well, maybe she's you know, sending me the address to her aunt's house, which is where I'm going afterwards, after we're done here. And I click on it. I do not demand attention. Ooh, oh, crap. <laughs> to which I say, way to go, a-hole. <laughs> and hey, don't kid yourself there. You're yes, everyone pussy. right no now, offense. go ahead and have a laugh at my expense, because I know you're all doing that anyways. <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah. That's good right there. Yep, you're going straight to hell for that one. Yeah, poor Gwen. Yeah, I'm being laughed at. Oh, wait, here we go. <laughs> I'm getting another text message. Oh, yeah, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I saw the light flash on the iPhone earlier, and I was like, wait a minute. Why is that? And it was her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just put two and two together and got four. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, I'm being roundly shredded at the dance party. Re- Thanks, guys. Re- Appreciate that. <laughs> Are you regretting telling her about this whole radio show thing? Not really, no. <laughs> I might later, but not at the moment. 
Yeah, we all going to die. So, Falling Skies, I uh, can definitely give it a thumbs up and I recommend to at least cautiously get involved. It seems to have legs. It's uh, on TNT. So you can go to TNT.TV, I believe. And for the moment, anyway, they've got the episodes to date up there for free viewing, so you can get caught up. And to me, this was another illustration of the happy place we're getting to with television entertainment in this country right now, where... In the bad old days, a show like this would have been very much doomed from the get-go if they didn't grab a ridiculous number of viewers day one, minute one, because they're telling an ongoing story where it is important that you saw last week's show. And it is truly the episodic... It's not the Star Trek thing where you could basically watch them in any order to a large extent because big reset button at the end of every episode... This is the, no, what happened last week vastly affects what happens this week because people that were there then are dead now yeah, uh, and that kind of thing. And they're very obviously not pulling punches as far as, no, this is the brutal uh, invasion. Yeah, because that's actually how things work. Yeah. Uh, In that situation, if you want to read up on that situation exactly like that, go read about the French Resistance during World War II. Strange that has already been referenced in yes. this show because, of course, our main character is a military historian. If you re- want a real life example, go read about that. It's and if it's if it, if a book is at all well written about that, it was a very nasty business with the same kind of thing of, oh, Jean Pierre is here this week, and the next day Jean Pierre is dead. The Gestapo picked him up. Oops. Well, I guess we need to find a replacement for Jean Pierre. Yes, because yeah. they done caught him, and that's exactly what happened. Uh huh. So, check it out, uh, tnt.tv to get caught up, and the fact that I was able to catch up uh, gives me a, a feeling of hope for you know, the, the continued survival of this kind of show, and the, the kind of the weird place we're in, where you know, Netflix is now investigating, creating original programming of their own, and just doing it on live streaming. My only, only question would be, why haven't they done it before? And that's kind of a rhetorical question. I mean, it's not, I'm not no... asking that question with any great amount of weight behind it. I understand that they had to, to let their market develop. I Many certainly get that. Attempts but... have been made. Oh, have they? Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's no shortage of web series that are web-only out there. Some have matured to Because uh, I, almost, I almost see that net, everything going the way of Netflix. I believe that's the ultimate goal here, at least. And, from and you'll standpoint. see you'll see less and less stuff, syndicated series and stuff like that on on network television. And right network now, television will be stuff like, you know, reality TV and sports, and which is the original reality TV. Thank you very much, uh-huh. and stuff like that, and news and things like that, and less about the series. I see the series going more and more towards stuff like Netflix. Well, it's a weird place they're in right now because Netflix and the Hulus of the world subsist on people's interest in episodic television that was created for the networks. Right. So a lot of their streaming and downloads is people going back and watching existing series or series that have concluded that they just they never caught the first time around. Right. So Iolite was going back and watching a series called Numbers. Right. And watched it basically from beginning to conclusion entirely on Netflix. Right. Um, so you can use it to watch shows that are done, or you can watch and you can and on Hulu you can go you know into the deep recesses of the past and watch ancient shows from right. the sixties and seventies, and you can also watch shows that are still in production and get caught up to live. Right. 
And that's the mechanism I just encountered with the, oh, crap, you know, Falling Sky started two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I've already missed the premiere and the first episode. I've missed three yeah. hours of important uh, scene-setting content. Oh, look, TNT.TV. And bang, I'm waiting for tomorrow's episode because I'm all caught up. Thank you. And, and I tried to TiVo it, but something about there was a, some kind of sports something or other that basically screwed up the timing. So 20 minutes of the premiere episode, the pilot episode, were cut. Oh. So I jumped in. That's why I thought I'd missed an entire episode. So I was like, oh, and then, then I found on TV and realized, no, actually, they're, they're just dropping us into the action, not telling us a damn thing. It's basically an intro montage of child doing art therapy, basically, mm-hmm. drawing their impressions of the invasion and saying just the bare facts. The aliens came, they nuked the city, or they did a global EMP. So all you've got working right now are carbureted vehicles mm-hmm. and electrical rather than electronic devices. Right. So you can have you know, light bulbs working, batteries working, basic electricity stuff, but electronics are screwed and things like electronic fuel injection. So you've got all the old vehicles, all we can get running and killed all the adults they could get, grabbed the children, and then they just drop you into the, the ongoing resistance fighting right. to scrounge some food. And it's like, well, I guess I didn't miss anything. This is just the, the road they've decided to go down with the storytelling. And was able to get caught back up to live. And now I'm rather excitedly waiting for the next episode because it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. That's good. So I've given you the addiction that is Girls with Slingshots. Now I present to you the addiction of Falling Skies because it's... It'll have to wait until the Tour de France is over. I'm a giver. Tour de France. We started yesterday. Okay, enlighten me on this one. This is one I've never been able to wrap my head around. I... Interest in... I like odd sports. You think? Yeah. You're I like. Well, I wouldn't say odd. Highlight is cool, but it's never on television. You think? Yeah. Well, when you can throw a, a ball at over 150 miles an hour, kind of yeah, hard track. Pretty cool. Um, I've always been kind of interested in sports. I love soccer, which is increasing. I would love to have an MLS fan. If I was going to buy season tickets for anything on my very limited budget, I would buy MLS season tickets in a heartbeat. And I never go into. Excuse me, saying, oh, I'd buy, you know, season tickets for this or season tickets. But I would buy, if we got an MLS franchise here in Phoenix, I would I'd buy season tickets to it. Um, but I like soccer. And several years ago, I got into, especially when Lance Armstrong was doing his thing, like a lot of people got into the Tour de France. Now that Lance Armstrong has retired, I think a lot of the interest has dropped off. But Versus um, still does excellent, excellent, excellent coverage of the Tour de France. And so I have it T-voted for the next three weeks. It always starts the first weekend of July. And basically, it's the world's longest bike race. They literally do a tour of France. France. Now, they jump around a bit, and they do all these things. And usually the first week, they start in the flats, various places, Normandy. You know, they'll start on the coast, the Atlantic coast, and stuff like that. They, you know, they rotate around where exactly they they don't don't hit every, every... region of france every year they do you know there are large gaps of places it's not like a continuous circuit oh see i always thought it was. so they'll jump around a little bit they'll you know they'll have a couple of rest days where they'll fly to the next place and then they'll do this every year they have two places that they go through they go through the pyrenees and they go through the alps okay that can't be nice and on a bicycle no um definitely not 
Um, and they have, and I've been watching it long enough, and I've done enough research and done enough reading into the history of it where I recognize things like Alp Duez, which is one of the mountaintop finishes that they're doing this year. <clears throat> this is, last year was their 100th anniversary. And one of the things of the tour, and one of the annually, in terms of years, last year was the 100th year. This year, I think it's actually the 100, 100th race that they've run because they've had, obviously, they being France, they skipped it during World War II. You think? Yeah. So last year they went old school, and they had several stages where they were racing over cobblestones, which, yeah, on $1,000 carbon fiber bikes, that was very interesting to watch. And it it's a gentlemanly sport. If you are leading and you wear the leader in time – wears what they call the maillot jaune or the yellow jersey. Okay. If you are wearing the yellow jersey and you have something happen to you mechanically on the bike, something on the bike breaks. Right. The challengers are supposed, and you have to pull over to the side of the road to fix whatever. You get a flat tire. Right. You are supposed to pull over and wait because that's a mechanical issue. If you crack physically, right. totally different story. Right. They will beat you to death with the any advantage that they can get. So last year in the Alps, is either the Alps or the Pyrenees, you have a young gentleman from Luxembourg named Andy Schleck who was the leader wearing the yellow jersey. Mm-hmm. They're in the mountains with the guy, a two-time winner, a guy named Alberto Contador from Spain. Right behind him. Right behind him. So Andy Schleck goes out, makes an attack, Tries to put some time on Contador. Contador and one of his teammates follow him. As Andy Schleck is standing in the pedals, pedaling up this huge incline, his chain slips and drops off, not completely off the bike, but drops off the chain rings. Right. So, so he stops. What does Alberto Contador do? He attacks. That's a new. Big slap in the face. Schleck gets his bike fixed, gets his chain back on, goes, loses 39 seconds. Guess how much he loses the tour by? 38 seconds. 39 seconds. Uh-huh. So... Uh, Alberto Conador is a marked man, normally <laughs> to say the least, because he pretty much showed his true colors. And then afterwards, they found out that during one of the rest days, he had a banned substance, and there's been this whole drama. And they still don't know if he's going to be the winner from last year or not, because the whole thing's in the world, the world, uh, uh, world court of arbitration for sport is what it's called. He's got an appeal going that's supposed to be the first of August is when we're supposed to find out about this. So, anyways. So there's a lot of drama in it because there's been a lot of doping lately and a lot of cheating, and you've had That's people mostly where we hear about it, right? And you and you have uh, you've had past winners stripped. The French are constantly trying to prove because Lance Armstrong won it seven times, won it more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. They consider it their race, and they think it's an insult that an American won it seven times more than anyone else in history. They're constantly so, trying to prove that he doped, right? So they are constantly trying to prove that he was cheating, and they haven't been able to do that so far. So. Fast forward to this year. Normally they do a prologue, which is an individual time trial, and whoever wins the prologue gets to wear the, the individual, the, the yellow jersey for on the, the first day. Right. Yep. This year they did not do that. The coast, the Atlantic coast of France has some of the largest tides in the entire world in okay. terms of distance. Well, they have a road that twice a day is uncovered submerged. and submerged by the Atlantic. Well, they started there and rode in. Well, they do like 112, 115-mile stages. That's one day. Yeah. And this thing goes on for three weeks. They will ride about 2,000, 2,200 miles in the three weeks. So today or yesterday, 
they had a large crash. And they have what they call the peloton, which is the entire body of everybody in the mm-hmm. race, all riding along. Well, some idiot spectator was standing in the road right on the edge, and these guys are probably moving at 20 to 5 to 30 miles an Just hour. let me have the appropriate drop-in for this one. Are you smoking crack? Wasn't paying attention and got hit by one of the riders who was on the edge of the peloton mm-hmm. and caused this mass crash. Right. Well... One of the things that they always tell you is if you are a leader or a contender in the general classification of the GC, which is the overall time, the championship, you always try and stay up in the front to stay out of these things. Mm -hmm. What happens on day one? Alberto Contador, the favorite, gets caught. In the mush. Drops a minute and 20 seconds. Recovering from Off of the leaders trying to get around this thing. Mm -hmm. So he is now in the hole. The thing I love about this is you have drama from day one (laughs) so today they did what the team what they call the team time trial where everybody's riding together as a team each you know and you have 22 different teams in this so the teams are all riding nine guys together trying over a 20 it was a 23 kilometer course and as of when i had left the house the fastest time was 25 minutes around 23 kilometers that's almost 40 miles an hour for 25 minutes sustained yeah, it's almost 60 kilometers an hour. Damn. These guys, yeah, the, the fastest team as of when I had left the house was 59.5 kilometers an hour. Yeah, that's like a kilometer every 30 seconds. It's ridiculously <laughs> fast. It's stupid, and it's unbelievable how, how in shape these guys are. In shape, and just... They're all really skinny, but aerobically, I, you're not going to find anybody... Except for maybe soccer players, you are not going to find well, anybody in better shape on I the planet. I believe they invented blood doping, did they not? Well, yeah, they did. Which basically... St- Stacking your own bloodstream blood. with extra red corpuscles. Yes, to they increase take your, the oxygen. They take your own blood out. They oxygenate it. We let your body recover. Let your body recover because you can freeze it, and then they inject it again. And you can carry a ton of oxygen. And you can carry. Blood. Yeah, your oxygen capacity is out of this world. So it's just all the politics, all the angles, all the drama on it. I find it fascinating. So it's usually when and the women's World Cup is going on for soccer is going on right now too. So last year I had the World Cup and the Tour de France. This year it was actually the World Cup first, and then I had the Tour de France right after it. So every four years I'm a really happy person. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a total geek. And so I told the girlfriend, I was like, okay. uh, Kiss me before I go. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things. You're going to watch me be a total dork. I'm going to be glued to the television for the next three weeks because I will watch this every day when I will sit down. And that's what I did yesterday and this morning was I got out of bed because it starts at 4 in the morning. Our time, yeah. And I got out and put the TiVo and sat there. Now, I fast-forward <laughs> through a lot of it, but um, down to the end to watch the sprints and stuff and the ends of the stage, I'll stop for the crashes. Ooh, ah. And that's what I, <laughs> that was what I did yesterday. Oh, Contador's caught in that. No way. And she had no clue, bless her heart, but she had no clue what I was talking about. And so I have – I've. Like I'm doing I'm here. With her. I, I had to explain how everything works, and but it's interesting. I mean, you look at it and you're like, "Wow, you're watching a guy's bunch of guys in spandex," and you know. But we're not even at the good part yet. They've already got stuff going on, drama and stuff going on, and we're not even at the good part yet because the tour is won or lost in the mountains. And if you want to watch people suffer, you like to watch other human beings suffer or push their limits or push their limits. Watch when they get into the Pyrenees and the Alps because. The, some of the the alpine stages that they have this year in the Alps are the highest finishes they've ever had. And this is after the, – the, and they finish on a mountaintop, which means that's the last thing they have to do is ride like 7,000 feet of vertical elevation 
they're on the climb for like an hour at like six and seven percent grades. You know, Damn. like when you're driving around here, you drive up into northern Arizona, you got some of those grades mm-hmm. where you're like, wow, my car is having trouble with this. Yeah. Imagine riding it on a bicycle. <laughs> now, never mind that the bicycle weighs like an ounce. Yeah. One I of the think other the, fun things is watching the, the advancements in technology. Oh, my God. Yeah. If you're into if you're into kind of techno and advancing tech, they'll show you old footage from back in the 40s and 50s and back in the early part of the last century and what they've gone through in 100 years. I mean, these. I mean, you'll see pictures of these guys in their wings, like sweaters. They'll have spare tires wrapped around their shoulders and stuff like that. <laughs> and now they've got chase cars and all this stuff. The bikes weigh like 15 pounds, and they have a lower limit where they say, "No, you, the bikes can't weigh any less than this," because otherwise, the bike manufacturers would would do that. They would go. And I mean, these bikes are worth 10 grand, easy. Right. I ran into a guy the other a couple of weeks ago at work who had crashed on his bike, and I was looking at it, knowing something about bikes. And I said, how much is this thing worth? He's like, it's, it's my second car. I said, how much? I, I just, how much? $13,000. <laughs> Titanium, carbon fiber, everything. I mean, wow. it's ridiculous. Everything's machined. It's as light as humanly possible. It was a tri-bike. It was a triathlon bike. But it was one of those bikes that was stupid fast. And this just reinforces for me the fact that you can be a geek about anything. Oh, yeah. Because and it goes back to the phrase... And there are always people who will overdo things, and sometimes we have need of them. Yeah. And you can, you can, any hobby can be taken to a ridiculous extreme. I mean, and this is one of those things for me as well. This is why I don't watch what I call network television, which is the big networks, ABC, NBC, right. CBS, because I can go out onto my DirecTV and find stuff like this. To me... Which is why you'll always hear me say, like I did earlier, that sports is the original reality TV. Right. Because you have no idea what's going to happen. I love this kind of stuff. Just the way I was raised in the area that, in, you know, I was raised in Detroit. We're all sports nuts. Really? No, really? Yeah, I know. And I, this is, that's, I just get, I, I would much rather watch something like that than I would watch Survivor. Yeah. Who wants to watch Survivor? Millions of people. <laughs> millions That's really, of, really sad millions of to people, actually say that. people because they're in like Morocco or I forget yeah. where they're at. But I mean, granted, they go to these really yeah. interesting locations, but it's, as far as I'm concerned, all they're doing is showcasing the worst in, per, in, in humanity. It's people being vile to people. Right, it's yeah. people treat, treating other people like crap. And that's why I like this. I like the Tour de France thing because there is a sense of chivalry. And soccer's the same way. There are certain things that they do. If somebody gets hurt and you have possession of the ball or they have possession of the ball and they have to give up possession of the ball because of that injury, as the other team, you'll kick the ball deliberately out of bounds to give the ball back to them so that you guys can continue play after the whole injury thing has been, ha- has been done. And I like that. I find that appealing because that appeals to my – my inner hope that humanity isn't all a bunch of we, we can heads. rise above yes we can rise above all that our crap more base exactly instincts. and occasionally i revel in the base instincts too but not very often because i don't really like usually it. not at the expense of your fellow man right and that and i really don't like that side of myself that's my lizard brain doing its thing and occasionally it's fun but not all the time Pussar in the Blackboard giving the uh, eu perspective on the tour Ooh. de france tour de france and is- she's in Denmark, Maryland, Belgium, Denmark. Oh, the Le- the, yeah, they're crazy over there for that well, stuff. Well, Tour de France, she, she says, the Tour de France is only interesting if you aren't force-fed it every day for yes. three weeks. Yes. 
So it's it's, it's kind of a big deal yes. over there. Because there was a the guy who won the stage yesterday was a Belgian guy, mm-hmm. and they're nuts. France, Belgium, the Low Countries, they're all crazy for it over there. Well, I mean, it's, it's their thing. I mean, they're like football. You know, they're like superstars over there. We'd go like who? The and the only reason we know anything about about um, Lance Armstrong is because he won seven of them. Right. These guys, there can be guys from these countries that never win any of them, and they're still rock stars in their country. Yeah, because it's just it's a cultural thing, yeah. and that's the other thing I like about it. It kind of gives you a glimpse into other countries and other cultures. All right, that brings us to our final break of this triumphant return episode of Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio VTWProductions.com Got a little Paul and Storm action for you here. This is the album version of None Fight. Nice. We will be back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen We present our title bout for the evening In this corner Weighing in at 114 pounds By way of the sisters of Our Lady of the Immaculate Right Cross With a record of 23 and 1 With 15 knockouts, 3 TKOs 2 decisions, 3 conversions And 1 exorcism The of penance, the pounding penguin, the assassin of the passion, the stinging nun, and the Roman Catholic wrecking ball. From Dublin, Ireland, Sister Mary Catherine, the habit breaker in Violata. And in this corner, weighing in at an even 82 pounds by way of the order of Saint Adelaide of Perpetual Confrontation with a record of 66 and 6 with one disqualification for using a ruler the Vatican vixen the pontiff's pitbull the original sinner the homicidal bride of Christ, the assaulter from the altar, the undertaker, and the mother superior of kicking posterior. From Mexico City, Sister Maria Teresa Garcia Graciela Aguilera Delgado Francisco Diego Arroyo Inigo Montoya Zapata Paquito El Guapo Abuelita De La Boom Boom Mendoza In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti Now let's get ready to rumble. Hello, this is John Scalzi, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Into our final half-hour segment, and we're playing musical chairs here with the return of Eyelight to the microphone because Arch Nemesis has decided to fall asleep. Yes, smack that microphone stand just as hard as you can. 
Because that makes me have to edit it in post. I'm well, enjoy well. that. You're going to have to edit it anyway, right? Not that much, but I guess so. I love you. You're pretty. Oi. So. By the way, that doesn't work. <laughs> what? I love you. You're pretty. No, yeah, it only overrated. works if it only works if you actually understand oh. the. Uh, only works if you actually understand the joke. This is true. I'll have to get that you episode know. and have and, the girlfriend listen to it. So she, well, you already have strong evidence that she's listening right now. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, have you been getting texts? A little bit. Yes, as a matter of fact. Yeah, because yeah, I was... Talking about the Tour de France? And no, I was no, talking no, no, about no. something else. And, oh. And uh, got a text message that said, I do not demand attention, exclamation point. And went, <gasps> oh, crap. I forgot she was listening. I don't have to demand it. It is my she's, due. she's technologically savvy like that. Hey, don't be giving her any ideas. <laughs> Listen carefully. Just because your wife has you wrapped around her little hey, finger hey, hey, doesn't, hey, hey. Mean, doesn't mean you need to get me roped into that, too. It is not. <laughs> it's her thumb. Close so, enough. Uh, it's your, still in her hand. Your, uh, your daughter has you wrapped around her little finger. Um, I, I have actually, in many ways, given up that actual authority and passed it on to the next generation. Oh, this is true. You have. Yeah. Yeah, because when it compares me versus me versus the red-haired, blue-eyed daughter with the big, big eyes that look at her daddy and say, "I love you, daddy." Please get me that thing up there that I'm not supposed to have. And he just, oh, you want that? No, Toad. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really uh, an amazing thing to watch. I am supposed to be taking care of this child. Last time I checked, right? Yep, exactly. Just checking. Yep. And and she needs to grow up with with um, healthy perceptions of what she's going to expect from um, relationships. So yeah, go ahead, be wrapped around her finger. Give her the right re- give her the right expectations. <laughs> okay, yes, but her relationship <laughs> with her father is going to be r- different from all the other men uh. in her life. All right. So from the land of randomness that is our research. Random. Track. Random. This is from Techland. Uh, techland.time.com new iPhone app lets unborn babies choose their a- own names wait seriously what what soon to be parents okay why do I think this is already not a good idea <laughs> listen and weep soon to be parents no longer have to endure the trouble of sitting th- of sifting through a seemingly endless book what of do you mean baby tr- names what do you mean trouble that's like the most important thing you can do for your child. How is that troubling? It's much, much easier to just let the unborn kids choose anyway. That way, they won't be filled with a lifetime resentment because they were named Luke after, or named like after a Facebook or something. Believe it or not, your still developing child is more than capable of picking its own name before the big birth. And kick to pick... A new 99-cent iPhone app will let your bundle of joy choose the right one. Okay, all right, stop. That's totally random. It's a random name generator. That's all that is. That's complete crap. The app randomly generates thousands of baby names. All parents have to do is launch the generator, place the phone on the baby bump, and wait for the little guy or gal to give a big kick. The app monitors the baby's movements, and any large kick detected will stop the generator and reveal what the baby has chosen. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no. It, do, do you I remember? Have kids, no. Do you remember the drama that we went through picking our children's names? Do, do you remember? Do you remember 
and and I remember the drama of you picking the baby name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, stink eye. I love you. You're pretty. Okay, <laughs> the number of names that you vetoed. Yes. Don't tell me that I made the selection and you had nothing to do with it. Oh, no, no, that was okay. Not wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. As the referee in this, I have a question. <laughs> Which because I am sitting card, at the, I, I am sitting at the end of the table between the two of you. <laughs> Which kid was this for? That Both was, of them. Okay. All no, right. Carry on. Second. Well, we did it the first time because we picked a boy name and a girl name the first go round because you had no idea what was coming initially. out. Right. Yeah. So we had the girl name in reserve, and when this one was detected as girl, we were like, dust off. Yeah, there you go. Hey, remember this one? Good. Done. (laughs) That would be easy. Yeah. See, I look at it now. Okay. Having never had children and having never been through that experience, I look at it as I like helping people pick out baby names. I make suggestions. I did that with with, uh, Night Song and Mm -hmm. Esri. And Esri. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was sending them, oh, what about this? What about this? Or I would ask Esri, hey, what do you got for baby names? And she would tell me, oh, I like this one. I like that one. That one, not so much. I, but I like these two. Yep. You know? And that was always with the caveat that, yeah, just ignore whatever I'm saying. I'm just entertaining myself. Obviously, you guys have the final say, and I'm good with whatever you come up with. Well, we did the, I mean, I, I was pretty rigorous about this. I was looking for ones. All right, what are the shortenings of that name? Are there shortenings of that name that are going to be really I know bad? Somebody else, I know are somebody there, else who did that, all right, too. All right. Well, what about when we shorten it? Is it a good drinking buddy name? I mean, we are raising a boy here. Is this going to be, you know, is this, <laughs> what, what have we got? What are the, what are the nicknames? And, and is there any way that this name could be misused in specific circumstances to, perchance, yeah, actually, mislead actually, our son? Actually, Esri had that problem with some of her. Was with some of her uh, relatives. She had one aunt in particular who was totally neurotic about the whole thing, and was to the point where it wasn't even the shortenings of the name. She was taking the initials that it was making, and saying that, "Oh, well, she could be traumatized later because kids will take this, 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 and this." These totally obscure, completely unrelated things. I mean, it was insanity, mm-hmm. and make it into this name, which was rather profane. And it was like, "Okay, you're insane. I'm naming my child." That was pretty much where Ezra was with it. You're insane. I'm naming my kid whatever the hell I want. Well, That's pretty much it. With a with a last name that starts with W, you've 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 got all of the three letter words. You know, you've got jaw and raw and things that you just got to be careful with. You know, um, picking acronyms my, my for names. My feeling, my feeling is, and just be aware right. what you're doing. I, yeah, I know. Try but try my, not to embarrass your child. My you know? feeling is that. Okay, I'll try to not embarrass my kids. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of a challenge to find a series of names that go well with my last name. Mm. <laughs> so there is that angle. It's got to, to me, it's got to sound good. It's got to flow yep. well. Um, but my feeling about the whole little kids making fun of your child is that's going to happen no matter what their name is. Oh, yeah. Kids are going to find a way, people being people. Kids are going to find a way to make fun of your kid if they really want to. And there's nothing you can do about it. So I don't even worry about it. Well, we had, um, you know, we had some real challenges associated with it because long last name. So you got to decide. You got to get the cadence right. So you just, all yeah, right, well, when well, you say that, that, does that sound right when you say it? Is the cadence is right? Does it work with everything? So both of our children have very short single syllable 
middle names. Right. And that helps balance out uh, the large last name. But I was definitely an, um, an adventure in naming. Oh, so yeah, it's one of those things that I look. For. I disagree, I, I, though. Get random name generators are bad. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a clever use of the technology, along with a lot of other things that I've seen out on uh, for the for the Android and the iPhones, especially now that I have one. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a little much. That's the way I look at it. Is that's the greatest one of the greatest responsibilities I would have as a parent is to provide my child with a name. Something that they are going to carry around for the rest of their lives, aside from the looks, which I hope they get their they would get their mother's looks. But that's beside the point. All right, what do we got next? <laughs> We've talked this one to death. You think it's okay. cooked. Take it out of the oven. Yeah, really. Stick a from fork in it. MTV.com of all places. Oh good lord. We talked about this earlier. <laughs> this week's sign of the apocalypse. Eh, not so much. <laughs> Deadpool movie will be pretty nasty with smaller budgets, says Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds made his debut as Hal Jordan in Green Lantern, but for the Marvel-inclined masses, there's another upcoming Reynolds role that's foremost on their minds. Mouthy mercenary Wade Wilson, a.k.a. Deadpool. During the press junket for Green Lantern, MTV News made sure to ask Ryan Reynolds about the status of Deadpool's solo film, which recently snagged visual effects veteran Tim Miller as its director. Whoops, scrolled right past it. I love Tim Reynolds told MTV News. Tim is someone who we vetted through and through. He's a guy who captures the spirit of it, and he's also an incredible visual artist. Reynolds also added one more comment about Miller's attachment to the project that could send shed some light on the type of film Deadpool is likely to be. Basically, if you're hoping for a massive budget-busting blockbuster, you might want to adjust your expectations. Tim came cheap, which helped as well, said Reynolds. In order to do this movie the way we want to do it, it is pretty nasty and pretty hard. You can't exactly have a $200 million budget when you want to do a movie like this. So Good. Yeah, I say that's a good thing. I do, do too. Do your nasty, I mean, I w- film. And I went and saw Green Lantern. And what did you think? I thought it was entertaining. I liked Ryan Reynolds. I liked Of course, him. I also found out as I was sitting in the movie theater with a girlfriend next to me going, Ryan Reynolds. Ah. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, I'll be in more trouble later. Um which I didn't know, so that immediately got me to be able to do things like Jennifer Aniston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, That's Jessi- too funny. Jessica Biel. Uh, <laughs> um, and but I enjoy- as Catwoman. Oh, God, I can hardly <laughs> wait. Um, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. funny? It, was, it had its entertaining moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the whole CGI thing, and there is a certain amount of appeal to be able to dream up a a very, very large Gatling gun out of thin air in green light. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought they wrapped it up a little too quickly, but that was just my opinion. I was kind of like, oh, okay, so this is the super... Okay, spoiler alert. Have you seen it yet? No. Do you I, want me to... I have. I've seen it. Okay, I, I will so probably she, not see it until it's on stream. Okay, so you don't mind if I spoil I this? I, I okay, you had this super... Parallax. Super, yeah, super badass Parallax. Yellow. And he's the, yeah, he's supposed Yellow to be the fear. ultimate uh, the ultimate supreme arch nemesis of the Green Lanterns. And how do we kill him? We dive him into the sun. Yeah, a little trite, guys. But other than that, it was okay. We trick him into diving into the sun. Into the sun. And then we pan the camera around to the three Green Lanterns who were there not helping. Not helping. Yeah, showing up, not helping. Yeah, we're not helping. We just want to watch. Disc. Well, this, is, this isn't our sector. Yes. But I thought it was really cool when Parallax descended on the city and started sucking the souls right out of all the humans. That was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of... It was like, wow, that really sucks. Actually, the... the 
I, I thought that they did some really creative uses with the Green Lantern where you could see where this would be what the guy would come up with. Like he, Right, the whole thing with the helicopter I thought he, was really he's, funny. He's directing the helicopter through one of those car, like you've got your car Hot tracks, Wheels, the Hot, Hot Wheels tracks. Okay. And the funny thing about and, it is he'd been playing with one earlier in the, in the movie with his nephew, which was the setup, which was the setup and it was just a, a quick thing. He was walking out of the kid's bedroom and he hit the starter and I think looped around and, and did its thing. And then it shows up later on in the movie. I was like... You're like, oh, so, okay, that was really kind of clever. So you could like see where that, that would have been on his mind, and it would right. have been something you could yeah, come up with and think of on the, you know, moment. on the, on the, the fun tip of his tongue, as it were. DC has done with the Green Lantern universe is one of the subsequent Green Lanterns that they had recruited from humanity was an artist, and they took a very different track with the the kinds of stuff this guy came up with. Oh yeah, it's all going to be individual. I mean, based on the way the story is told, it's all going to be individual to that person. Well, because it's the power of experience. your will. Right. Exactly. So, you enjoyed it. Oh yeah, I thought it was good. It, it, it says taking a bit of a, a lambasting in, in the critical circles. I think money. Okay, when it's is doing a su- okay. when is a superhero movie movie except for the Batman, the Dark, the latest, the Christian Bale. Batman the original movies. Spider-Man was well received. Was it? Okay. I never saw the original okay. Spider-Man. Tons of money. Well, of course. But when is any other super superhero movie? Su- like Except very maybe, well received, yeah. Uh, yeah, been very Critically. well received. Aside from something like Unbreakable. Which arguably is not really a superhero you, Well, movie. you can make arguments both ways on that one. Yeah. But when has any movie ever been re- like that, ever been critically, critically acclaimed. acclaimed like that? It's, it's I mean, more, even even Watchmen, which was critically acclaimed as a graphic novel, yes, didn't get the best reviews as critically for the movie, right? And it, it, which I can kind of understand because they cut a lot out of that movie, out of that book to make the movie. You, you had to, it yeah. Was, it was just too damn much, and it was um, dense. That was the oh other my thing. god, was yeah. it dense? And it, the fact that they're moving forward with this R-rated Deadpool. Surprises me. That's going to be. I does, Watchmen it does really too, did kind of put a nail in the coffin of the R-rated comic book movie. Right. Right. Because they want. But I mean, anytime. I mean, when the big wigs are sitting down in Hollywood to bankroll a film, how much money? Uh, what's our return on our investment? Well, and crossing the line from anything greater than PG, they can show you mathematically the histories of movies that you will lose this much money. Yeah. Of potential box office because. You can't bring the family anymore. Right. So the decision to go for the R rating is a big, fat, hairy deal. Right. Which is, I believe, why they're going for the cheaper approach on Deadpool because they're okay, we're freaking going for the R rating. So we need to make this on the cheap because we're not going to bank as much. Right. Because we have decided that we're going for a smaller audience, which is the over 17 audience. Right. Or the parents who are willing yeah, to I'll bring go their kids. Yeah, I'll go see it when it comes out. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, as long as it's not a continuation of, of Deadpool from the X-Men franchise and it's a new, a new storytelling of it, of the, the way the character actually is, then I'll go. If it comes out that it's a continuation of that bastardized, unrecognizable character from Wolverine, mm-hmm. or Origins, rather, uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll more sort of speak uh, powerfully against it. It'll take a well, lot of, lot we'll of convincing see. to get me on board. We've got a couple of years to wait yet. So. Yeah. It's it's and it may yet not even see the light of day. So. Right. So Teddy Lupin in the Gray Void says, "Is if I had a Green Lantern ring, I would have to make D and D monsters to fight for me. He would be the ultimate dungeon master." He says. 
Interesting. Well, the the reality is that I you'd have a lot to play with if we got if we had Green Lantern rings. I'd have some Battlestar Galactica going on. I'd have some, you know, I would definitely have D and D monsters. We would, you know, there there'd be some World of Warcraft oh, yeah. drapes. There'd be there'd be psychologists. You know, there'd be psychologists and psychiatrists out there who'd take one look at what you were what you were creating and go schedule an appointment. <laughs> I mean, that's but that's the you know we have this great cultural you know background to draw from. Um, by the way, very early on, before I got uh, pulled away with Arch Nemesis, um, uh, 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 Boba oh, Fetish was geez. basically saying that he was uh, angry with us and we were all on his hit list because he finally read uh, World War Z. And why did that make him angry? Because now he has to read it again and again. I see. And again. Oh, I, I would still blame ha- I st- Wait, 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 wait. I still haven't read it yet, so... Uh-oh. I would appear to uh, have navigated uh, to a uh, website that has a self-starting video on it. Yeah, Apparently, yeah, yeah. it was the devil. Uh, I snort the nose. Of, speaking of that, I, <laughs> devil bunnies, I snort the nose. Lucifer, banana, banana, banana. banana. Debbie Boone. Uh, the, oh, we've added Debbie Boone to that. No, that was list. always there. Oh, was it? That's always, that was the byline. Uh, if you spin her record backwards, anyway. The, we mentioned earlier Jim Butcher. And I decided to give Codex Alera another go. And good lord, you dude, you fail. No, yeah, I, seriously. No, the mail online fails. Oh, okay. So I dusted off the Kindle edition of uh, which one was Cursor? No, Academ's Fury. And mm-hmm. I'm in a better headspace for it this go round, so I was able to finish that, and then got Audible. For Cursor's Fury, I'm about a quarter of the way through that one, so I should be well and truly prepared. Should we score the interview with uh, Mr. Butcher? Woohoo! I'm, I'm still so fingers yeah. crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Got cross, another cross. reply back saying we're, we're looking at doing some scheduling. We'll let you know. So I like, just get my nerd squee out now before the man is actually on Skype with us, so I don't scare him any more than I'm going to already. But I digress. All right, so let's see here. Where, oh, dang it. Where did it go? Ah, yes. This is from bbc.co.uk. Appeal to trace tiger toy owner after police alert. People are tr- police are trying to trace the owner of a life-size tiger toy, which sparked a major police alert in New Hampshire over fears that the real animal was on the loose. Officers were deployed, and a helicopter was scrambled with specialist thermal imaging cameras over the field uh, near Hedge End on Saturday afternoon. The scare stopped play at the Rose Bowl cricket ground for 20 minutes. Hampshire police said the toy was being treated as lost property, but they were investigating whether it was a hoax. Yeah. My feeling, if I was the owner of said stuffed tiger, I'd be like, it's not my fault that people are stupid. Now, in their defense, the tiger looks extremely realistic. Oh, you've got a picture of it? Yes. And Barry VA will link that in the IRC and we'll put it in the show notes. So, at least on the upside, it wasn't a matter of this wasn't like a, a Hobbes doll. Right. This looks like a white tiger. Ah. Uh, 
It is gotcha. to scale, and it is, I mean, you, if, at a glance. Like a, a taxidermy kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not taxidermy, but it is of that quality. And at a glance, you say, that's a white tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you stared at it and noticed that, hey, that's a white tiger that's it's not, not moving, moving, you might uh, not break out the tranquilizer darts just yet. So, um, when I was about six, mm-hmm. uh, we lived up in Paradise Valley, and I remember um, that house. And there was not that house; it was actually the one before that. Um, and, and you know, my mom looked out the front window one morning, and I was playing in the kitchen, and she went and said words that moms don't normally say in front of their six-year-old daughters. Um, and went and got on the phone because there was a tiger wandering across our front yard. Really? Um, there was a, a wildlife preserve. One of the really rich, crazy guys right. in Paradise Valley had put together at the corner of Lincoln and Invergordon there, basically. Mm-hmm. And it had owned about 20 acres mm-hmm. and had brought in animals. Really? And brought them in there. And one of them got out. And so they actually had to come and get... And and mom's, you know, all the kids in the house. I got five of you. Am I counting you right? One, two, three, four. All right. Everybody stays here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stays here. Stop moving so <laughs> I can like, count all of you. And, you know, I'm I'm six, but I have this recollection of this look on my mother's face that I have had never seen before and have never seen since. Um, and it was just one of those. The look of someone who like, just saw a tiger in their front yard. Yeah. And it, it's just like, well, and it was just kind of, it was going down the street. It was just, you know, it's the... Cul-de-sac that we lived in. There's, just, there's, there's some animals that should not be pets. I mean, I was reading the story. It was totally illegal. He, it, well, you know. The, but the story a couple of weeks ago, the, the story was about the, the full face transplant. Yes. And they had done a, a full face transplant and dual hand transplant on, on the, the woman, woman who got attacked by the chimpanzee. Yes. Right. So the chimp. That the, police, that the police ended up shooting. Yeah. Well. Yep. The, Repeatedly. But, but you think... The strength involved and the the ferocity of an animal that tore her face off, tore her hands off. Yeah. Right. I mean, this was somebody's, air quotes, pet? Yeah. Yeah. No, you should not have that as a pet. Yeah. Well, they're, what, seven times more powerful than a human being. And as it demonstrated. And... And you start looking at, I mean, they'll show on TV, they'll show these people who keep jaguars and things mm-hmm. in, in cages in their backyards, you know, in the big What I'm learning, in the I, w- big I would cages. rather have the jaguar. Yeah. The, There's a thing on No, it. I don't think you want any of the, they're if not, I had to choose. they're not domesticated. No. You don't yeah. want there's, anything there's a, that's not domesticated. There's a thing on Animal Planet about, about. Big cats, I think it's called. No, or it's something not like even that. big no, cats. what's the one? Um, there's one, it's, it's called Fatal Attractions or something like that. That's it's, the one. It's on yes. Animal Planet and it's about. I think it's Animal Planet. It's either Animal Planet or National Geographic Wild, where they do shows about people who kept exotic pets and were totally obsessed with them. And but I, when I mean exotic pets, I'm not talking about your run-of-the-mill snakes and lizards, and you know, I'm talking about lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, venomous snakes, like venomous fatal snakes, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they do stories, bears. You know, and they do stories about these people who kept these things, were totally obsessed by them, and then were killed by them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the one theme about the whole thing is the whole fatal thing. Everybody that they profile in the show is dead. 
Well, yeah, right. I mean, I mean, there was the, the one guy who was always doing the videos about the bears in Alaska and who wound up as bear yes, chow. and wound right. up as bear chow. And there was another one that I saw. It was on something else about a guy who was a bear trainer and had a grizzly bear. And they were filming something, and he was doing something with the bear, and the bear turned around and ate his nephew on film. They got the whole thing killed. His, his nephew was an adult. It wasn't like it was a little kid, thank God. But still. But still, they got the whole thing of this bear attacking and killing his nephew. Yeah, Because he was hungry. Yeah, because they showed up until the bear goes, you see the bear turn, you see the bear, and you see the kid, the guy go, ah, like this, and then they stop it. And then that's we're not going to show this on TV. Yeah, because but... it's really graphic and gory, and I'm sure it's really bad. So, and I wouldn't, I would kind of wonder how much footage there actually is, because if I was the cameraman, I'd be like, oh, crap, where's my gun? I need to shoot this bear. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's what you're thinking is, if, if you're, if you've got a handgun, you're not killing that bear. <laughs> Depends that's on, really, depends that's on the really, hand. It's really hard to kill a bear with a handgun. Anyway, depends on the handgun. Yeah. I have sh- actually shot handguns that I would take on a bear trip with me, but yeah, you yeah. got to be able to shoot them too. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Hit them in an area that's not just going to piss them off. Yes. Yeah. But I digress. Yeah, just uh, uh, don't do drugs and. Uh, <laughs> and don't keep don't, things don't that keep, aren't pets yeah, as pets. Everything in the don't world do that. is meant to be domesticated. All right, you have been listening to, and you know, Octail just threatens to throw himself off the tippy top of Versus the World Tower. Every time I say this, mm-hmm. Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, returning from our summer 2011 hiatus. We will be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, hopefully with a Grail and a Daxa in tow to tell us the stories of their trip to Chicagoland, or as they like to call it, their homeland. And, and I'll actually be prepared to talk more about Firelands at that point, because hopefully I won't be on Child Patrol. But if I am, I am. That's okay. We didn't spoil anything for you, because <laughs> you hadn't touched it. Yeah. I haven't touched it at all. And, well, I did yeah. start in content, so I'm excited. Yes. It was cool. All right. So, I believe we have wrapped it up. I have been Gnomewise. I've been Iolite. I've been Gnomewise. I've At least briefly, I've been Iolite. <laughs> yes, indeed. We'll be back next week. Check us out on the web, www.vtwproductions.com. You know the drill. We'll be back, and we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.